You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. Welcome to Elster is a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm still not Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes, subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com. On Elsnerds, we tend to shoot our mouths off without thinking, so we will both swear, spoil things and we will swear liberally. You have been fucking warned. <laughs> so, uh, B, how you doing, sir? I'm grateful that we do it earlier last week and this week. If you don't know, we usually record on Mondays, but we didn't get our shit together, so we had to go to the Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. It's it's the nice time between fall and winter where it isn't uh, that uh, cold that you need the thickest coat yeah. and sweat your ass off and you're in a store or so, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I'm you, bad. sir, have never lived in Michigan. <laughs> I was because alive. here we hit one day, oh, it's fucking freezing our balls off here. And then the next day, I could just go around wearing a T-shirt and be perfectly fine. And that's like now, like, I didn't pull out my leather jacket until last week, really, and started wearing it consistently. And I'm like, all right, that's not bad. But yeah, so I survived uh, Black Friday. Um, the whole, <laughs> especially being at a big store like Target, um, where they're like, it actually makes sense for them to be open on, you know, for on Thanksgiving for people, like, you know, expecting crowds and crap like that. Not Dollar General, where it's like, oh, we're going to be open for the people who, oh, the, I forgot the yams. You guys got yams? They're canned. Okay, I want some canned yams. And crap like that. And I can't say that I went throughout the whole weekend without getting injured because I cut my hand on one of our on our lock thing that we have. We have one of those like padlock deals and it went up like this and just like nice little well, slice. You yeah. can't be truthful. You that ten, little girl, little ten year old girl had it coming. <laughs> we don't have any more pluses. <laughs> But that was the other part, is we sold out of the iPhone 7 Plus so quick. Like, the first five people all got all had them. And I'm like, ah, we're done. We're out. You guys got any pluses? The, no. You saw the NES Classic Mini, too? We, okay. So, the NES Classic is an interesting one because we had it, we got five during the initial launch. As far as I know, we got a shipment of one in like two weeks ago and that was it and it's one of those it's those and hatchimals um i've just started i'm seeing more commercials now for the hatchimals and i'm like quit fucking airing those we don't they don't exist in stores sort of deal (laughs) because in all seriousness this i've gotten i am like three phone calls away because i work tomorrow from going Hi, this is Greg, Target Mobile. We don't have Hatchimals and we don't have the Nintendo Classic. How can I help you? Because I've had like three shifts where every time the phone rings, Hi, Target Target Mobile. Is this the electronics area? Yeah. 
Do you guys got that Nintendo Classic? No, we do not. Do you know when you're going to get in the end? Uh, we do not know. All right, thank you. Like, I'm just like, come on. <laughs> Classic Nintendo. Yeah. So, uh, like, enough of me bitching about my my work life. Let's go on to the news for the for the week of November 29th, 2016. Sorry, the days changed. Um, and I think, and the first news story. This happened uh, last. This came out last week. Um, and that is that the Rat Queens will return with a new artist and a new number one. Now, I don't think, and Corey would be able to answer this, but I don't think many Image Comics have done new number ones before. Like they've always, okay, the series ends and then that's it. The creator goes on to the next thing. Um, but this is from Image Comics and their imprint, Shadowline. Um, it's returning with New Year with a new number one and a new artist. Writer and co-creator Curtis J. Weeby has recruited artist slash colorist Owen uh, Gianni, who he's done Negative Space, Morning Glory, or sorry, uh, Negative Space, Glory, Manifest Destiny, and for what's described as a fresh, soft reboot of the fantasy series. Owen's style brings a return to the to the high adventure, insane action of and character comedy. Uh, Weeby told Newsarama, he has an amazing talent for crafting a world, and when his characters act, they feel genuine and real. Writing scripts for Owen is the most fun I've had on the series in a long, in a very long time. Our new start with Rat Queens is getting back to the basics: four friends who kill monsters for money. Except it's even weirder. This is so cool. This Rat Queens is scheduled to debut in March first, with the first arc titled uh, "Cats and Cats King" or "Cat Kings and Other Garys." And I'm a big Rat Queens fan. I this is one of the comics that I fell into. Um, I think because of Peter Panzerfaust, because of Curtis uh, Curtis Weeby's other book, and just reading this one, I, I think Corey told me about it as well. But it was really just like seeing this, and I'm like, okay, this is cool because it's Dungeons and Dragons. You know, the, this f- typical your typical fantasy book but they turn it on its head in that the main characters are women. They're not damsels in distress. They're, you've got a freaking hipster mage type character. Or no, no, the hipster is the dwarf in there a little bit because she doesn't shave, she doesn't, or she shaves her face. She doesn't let it grow out. And I'm like, freaky. <laughs> because the men and the women dwarves in this book have beards um except the women they're more the the there's no mustache it's just the like here down you know the the cheeks down sort of thing um and but i've i've thoroughly enjoyed the book when um they had a break in there this because originally debuted in 2013 and they had a break in there when um, Rock Upchurch, the other co-creator and the original draw um, artist for the book, he got into some uh, domestic dis- uh, domestic abuse uh, problems. And so then afterwards, they got they brought in. Um, oh, I cannot think of how you say their name. Um, no, no, one of them was Tess Fowler, and the other one is. Um, 
Stefan Sejic. I do not know how to pronounce his name. It is so hard to pronounce um, for my dumb American brain. And they took over for the title, and and then it went on hiatus after issue um, after May's issue sixteen. And you know, and he's coming back. Or Rock Up Church come, is coming back for the end. But it's cool to see that that um, that. Curtis is still wanting to continue on with the story. Like there's still, he realizes that there's still a story that to tell and that the fans still want to read the book, you know, even after everything that happened. So as far as I can see, does there was a shakeup because of that change of artists and the yeah. in the rooms, standing in the room. So yeah. Yeah. Tess um, Fowler, who had some notoriety, beforehand Corey pointed out the fact that she did um that she did fan art for rat queens um and that she um she felt like there's a quote in here that she felt like she was being pushed out um so that uh, upchurch could return to the book and both weeby and the publisher image um, Shadowline refused those allegations and told Newsrama that it was a planned reorganization of the book. Um, in the interim, Weeby worked on Rat Queen's online shorts with Cecilia D- uh, Dupi, Mike Norton, and Max Dunbar, and which I haven't read any of those, but the like I could see it because she did a great job of like where it was her own, where Tessa's work it was her own it still had the style of rock up churches. Like it wasn't like, if you look at the new Archie comic, you can tell, Oh, this is Veronica. Um, this is Fiona Staples doing the first three issues. And then, okay, this is the Annie Wu issue. And then these are the, uh, Veronica fish issues. And now we're in, you know, you could clearly tell that the artist is doing their style. Where Tess, it's like, I don't know if her style is similar to Rock Up Churches, but there wasn't, it wasn't like, why does, um, why do the characters look so different now? It You never really had that, which was good, you know, for a nice, smooth continuity when you're telling the story. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see this. Um, I, you know, I... <laughs> I, I was quickly a fan of Curtis Weebies from reading both this and Peter Panzer Faust, and it was sad when, oh, we're putting this book on hiatus. Oh, we're putting this book on hiatus. Well, what are you working on so I can read your stuff, man? Like, those are the only two books that I know. <laughs> and you left, you you put them away. But you, no. You know, there are real artists at work when they can't keep up with the schedule and deadlines like Sandman and. Yeah, uh, one and other people have tend to do that to us fans. Yeah, yeah, that's where I like. I appreciated when I got into um, comics. Matt Fraction was doing a lot of things. He was doing the Hawkeye run. Um, he was doing uh, Sex Criminals and uh, Satellite Sam and all these other things over at Image, and so it's like. I, I fell in love with this with with his writing and with his comedy and stuff like that. And now it's like, all right, he's got this one book um, that he's working or these two books that he's working on. You know, like they're splitting off months. 
and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, this is great. I still got the books. And it's like nothing. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the books? Where's my Matt Fraction? I need my fix of Matt Fraction. <laughs> That's also because he's becoming a big movie producer, TV show producer with his, with the uh, Milk Fed Criminal Mastermind uh, production company. But anyways, the next story um, is uh, some sad news. And that is that Kevin Smith says he's no longer involved with Buckaroo Banzai TV series. Um, earlier this year, Kevin Smith made the announcement that he's developing the 1984 wacky sci-fi flick, The Adventures of Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimensions, into a TV into a TV series. Um, he loosely mapped out the seasons, saying the events of the film would comprise season one and season two would delve into the sequel we've all dreamed about. Buckaroo Banzai Against the World Crime League. Today, however, uh, and this came out yesterday, uh, Kevin Smith posted on Facebook Live that he is stepping back because of what it seems like the uh, MGM is suing the creators of um, of Buckaroo Banzai, um, Earl, Earl Mac Rausch, uh, the original screenwriter, and W.D. Richter, the original director and the video is is a very lengthy video and basically uh, it's kevin smith is saying i i they're nice you know mgm's good nice people i don't know what's going on with this we haven't done anything in terms of production yet um but this is not what how i wanted to do things because it's you know both both sides claim ownership you know, both sides claim, you know, MGM claims that they have ownership. The uh, director and screenwriter claim that they have ownership of Buckaroo Banzai. And it seems like instead of being peaceful like Kevin wanted and, you know, even having, you know, Roush and Richter involved in the show, that it was like, eh, no, give us, give us our property back. This is ours. You don't own it sort of thing and it's a little low a little dirty and i i have to applaud kevin for this because where we could look at it as oh yeah this is just kevin smith talking a big game at the same time he's doing this for a good reason he's doing this because if this gets dirty if this gets nasty um then it could be held up in a lot for a long time in the courts and it could make it could make it to where if MGM does win the rights, or if um, uh, Mac Roush and Richter win the rights, that they don't want to work with each other anymore, which could ultimately hurt hurt the long run. I don't know. What do you think about this, Pete? Uh, I heard it first in Babylon, uh, Hollywood Babylon when he said the. the whole thing set it up and brought it to the studio he he pulled the, all the levers he was the driving force behind it so he was into it from the viewpoint of a fan as he is and mm -hmm. we give him many, a lot of shit for his latest movies and other things sometimes when he comments but he is genuine in this in these things i trust him and what he says that it has merit and uh, I, I wasn't that big of a fan of the movie and still, I felt compelled because uh, having it drawn out in a longer 
period would make sense because it was uh, not rush not a rush movie but there was room for expansion and yeah it's it's heartbreaking when you see that studios go against the creators like they did with Pedro's Beagle for the lost uh, unicorn and other things like that that's history repeats itself but having one voice that stands up and says no to the money I, I imagine he would get his family fed for a while with the TV show on its own uh, yeah kudos it's sad but it's co- uh, it's good on his behalf yeah I mean it does sound like you know he's doing this for a good reason not just oh well you know it's like oh, I'm not seeing eye to eye with the, with a per- one person in there. It's like um, they're they're not help really helping out with this. Um, but yeah, that's those are all yeah, it's all good reasons. Um, the next one, it's actually good news. It's great news, um, even though I am so far behind on the show, and that is, yeah, I know, I know that's the weird part. Um, the that is that BBC has renewed. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency for season two. Um, this is based on, if you don't know, this is based on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy author Douglas Adams' books. Um, the show is described as a serialized comedic thriller following the bizarre adventures of eccentric holistic detective Dirk Gently, played by Samuel Barnett, and his reluctant assistant Todd, played by Elijah Wood, as they weave their way through through one big seemingly insane mystery a season crossing unlikely paths with a with a bevy of wild and sometimes dangerous characters each episode landing uh, landing them a few random steps closer to uncovering the truth um the 10 episode second season will will come in and during uh, sometime in 2017 and season one the season one finale airs december 10th at 9 p.m eastern and pacific um, also, it should also be noted that Max Landis, um, the writer of American Ultra and Chronicle, has penned the adaptation and executive produces with Rob Cooper, who did Stargate Atlantis, um, Arvind Ethan David, uh, Zener, uh Ted Adams. There's a whole bunch of other people that are involved with it. And it's uh, Dirk Gently Solistic per, uh, Detective Agency is co-produced by AMC Studios. 88 Media and IDW Entertainment with Circle of Confusion producing for BBC America. So yeah, this is cool. This is really cool. I I in, I enjoy the show. Don't 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 get me wrong. I enjoy the show. I enjoy Dirk, Dirk Shetley. It's just you get a point, especially this past week. It's like I ain't got time to TV. I my nerding out is actually what I watched two weeks ago. Um, but it's also because I I couldn't really go. Well, I watched. Uh, the CW shows, I mean, it's like I did watch them, but at the same time, it's like we talked about those last week. We can't talk about those again. Um, And I just, and it's also like, eh, I'll get to it in a second because it, this is one of the shows because of how quirky the comedy and the thriller bits are. I have to watch it. I can't have it on and be reading a comic book at the same time. It's like, I have to sit there and watch, you know, it gets 100% of my, my attention um so b i take it you're you're pretty much you're kept, you've kept up with it right yes and they set up their game two episodes ago and 
from there on it went okay they're now all in but for a while it felt like the first uh, attempt from bbc at doing the show with steve mangan in the role mm -hmm. of dirk Chantley, and i loved him his portrayal but it felt like a couple of various things that you thought that's because limitations of budget there it had a feeling of a, bit, a low budget production but i used it wisely when it's necessary the money and then put in some special effects that make it uh, the the quirkiness of Douglas Adams doesn't work with the, the traditional narration it it has to have this highs and lows or unexpected moments and they they did that pretty well Elijah Wood is the, the only thing that uh, yeah, he's not Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe can disappear in his roles but yeah. Elijah Wood is Elijah Wood to me and that's not it's a good person, <laughs> but he will always uh, be uh, for. Uh, uh, um, let's say again, Frodo. Be Frodo for me, yes. And that's the uh, typecasting as, as a bitch, but yeah, it 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 has all the elements that were in the books. And the, when you don't pay attention, you said it demands your attention. That's very true because there there's so much happening inside yeah. the frame with the Easter eggs and other things going on. That, uh, that are awesome and the main actor isn't bad i just don't have the same connections with manga and already character in the book itself it felt a little bit more like a a childish version of, of a character that was appeared childish but was just chaotic mostly yeah i think if i'm not mistaken and i'm actually going to look this up but i think samuel barnett this is his big um this is his, I think this is his big his big break. Um didn't remember seeing him before. Wait, was he in he might have been in History Boys. A movie I need to finish for a project I was working on a long time ago. <laughs> Um, he was in, okay, he was in 2012, the BBC show 2012. He was in Penny Dreadful um, and then Dirk Jetley. So he's, oh, he was, He yeah, he was in both the film and uh, theater versions of the History Boys. I think that was his first one that had um, Jack, or no, not Jack Whitehall, uh, Dominic Cooper, and James Corden in the in that movie, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I found it in actually when I was working at Dollar General. Um, sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm laughing because on Wikipedia, for his personal life, it's just he's openly gay. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> but no, he's. But yeah, yeah, I would say this is from look, even looking at his. That's a theater, so of course, um, he's yeah, main mainly um, BBC uh, shows, BBC and ITV um, shows. You know, with this being actually Penny Dreadful, I would say is probably his big his big uh, American breakthrough, but this is probably the bigger one because of the fact that it's not on a premium cable TV show didn't catch more than the first 
six episodes of Penny Dreadful. It's interesting, but yeah, he, he played he played a to watch. He, yeah, he he played a character called uh, Renfield. But yeah, so I mean, he, he's not bad in my opinion, and it, it's just he has one of those faces where I'm like, I've seen him before. And it's like, oh, well, yes, yeah, in the first half of the History Boys that movie you forgot to finish. And he's in this and that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's quite a bit that I've seen him in. And our final bit of news is one that Beat picked out. Beat showed me, and I'm like, add it. Just add it. I don't even read it. I just read the headline. I'm like, do it. And this is 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg to helm a Harry Houdini biopic. This checks so many boxes where I can say yes, 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 yes. Um, I love Dan Trachtenberg. I'm so proud of of him because of the fact that he's uh, you know, he, he's he's one of the guys that got me into podcasting. You know, from watching him because I watched him on a totally rad show, and then when that left, and he was you know saw he was going to be doing more and more movies. I'm like, all right, sweet. And then he did Ten Cloverfield Lane, and I love that movie. And I'm not a big big horror movie fan. But this seems really cool for me, um, and I, I didn't realize that, that a movie had been work, had been in the works since uh, 2011 um, with for uh, for a Harry Houdini movie. With uh, this was back when Dean uh, Parasot was attached to direct or Pariso, and Donny, uh, Johnny Depp was going to play the lead role. This is full on. Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp too. So, I'm so, I'm glad that it didn't happen because I I don't think that would have worked out great. Um, but I think Dan's got this great vision that we could see. Is and it's based off. I should say that the movie is based off of the book, the secret life of Houdini, the making of America's great, uh, the making of America's first superhero. Um, and so I honestly think, you know, especially depending on who they cast in the role, in the lead role of Houdini, that this could be, this could be a really great show or a really great movie. Um, like that we, I mean, like, like just to see the care that Dan put in with 10 Cloverfield Lane and how it's very Hitchcockian and it's in some of its like how approach. it's plop and, and yeah, and it's approach to see him go into this to go into um take covering a biopic essentially. I know it's probably gonna be one of those that's like loosely based if it's based on the book and the book's probably loosely based on you know his life and stuff, but still, I mean, I think. I think this is going to be pretty cool. I mean, what do you think, B? Yes, uh, there were other interesting Houdini movies that uh, it's more were biopics, and uh, the one what was the known one that came was it the Prestige? Uh, yeah, the Prestige. The isn't that the one with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman? Jackman? Yeah. Uh, there were some things out there that Kurt asses in his face. This seems to carry more his uh, later time when he went after the people that pretend to be supernatural uh, and having abilities to talk to the dead and that 
that uh, uh, part of his life will be more put into the focus than just his magic shows. So yeah. it's interesting because he's kind of like uh, Richard Dawson or uh, uh, Hitchens, uh, the late Hitchens, but he tries to get people with his intelligence. That was a fact many people didn't know about Houdini, that he was not just a showman, but he had many things going on for him. And I'm interested in the material. I'm interested in the... Personally, I'm not uh, Attack of the Show viewer from the old times, so I didn't know about him much. But uh, no, he he was never on Attack of the Show. Which show was it then? He was on the Totally Rad Show over at Revision Three. See, that's uh, I'm not into American television that far back, but uh, a different slant, not just from an old school director, but somebody that has a different views, different angle on it, and I welcome mm-hmm. every movie that tries something different. No, yeah, the the one thing I will say is because he was at one point attached to direct Why the Last Man. That was the one. I think he was working on that before he was working on uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then the movie that was, he was attached to a movie beforehand. I think this is more of a, like a project he's working on with himself um, with, with like another writer. It's called Crime of the Century. And... Um, th- that one sort of fell fell back uh, onto the back burners a little bit too, but I mean I'm excited I'm excited for this because I mean and you'll see with my nerding out I mean I've, it's the Black Mirror episode that he directed, but I mean he he does great work he does he's a great guy he's a great guy that does great work so I mean that's like let's continue let's get more of him let's get him directing more stuff you know. And also, I think he just had a kid. So, come on. He, he's got to support a kid. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for the news. And we will be right back. Look. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's... What is that exactly? You know, Superman is an extraterrestrial, so you may hear us talk about him on the Alien Invasion podcast. Hey, it's Dave Nelson inviting you to join myself, Brad Ludwig, and Anessa Moyens for our weekly discussion about all things not of this earth, whether they be gray or green creatures from fiction, the latest stories from the world of science regarding the real possibility of life out there somewhere, or the claim from somebody saying they're already among us. We'll talk about it. You'll hear three stories from the week's news, a featured sighting, and our entertainment picks or warnings rated on a scale of one to five flying saucers, of course. All of it and more every week on the Alien Invasion Podcast, part of the Galactic Netcast Network of Shows. Find us at gncasts.com slash aliens or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And we are back and it is time for nerding out. Now, I now this is weird for me because I have just one episode of a TV show and it's one that is a binge-worthy and bingeable TV show. Um, and it, it covers with the last news story that we did. So I figure I should probably go first. Um, this is Black Mirror, the second episode of the thir- third, I think technically fourth season. The third full season, they did a Christmas special between seasons two and three. Um, and this this episode is called Playtest. Um, now this I will say so far, and I've I've only seen the first two episodes of Black Mirror, 
but it seems like they're going more American with the actors. Yeah. Um, did you catch that too? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes blatant, sometimes it's very subtle. So it, they didn't put it on each episode because Black Mirror is its own universe. You don't get usually these vibes and they kept it like that. But yes, it, it crept, creeped up. Well, just noticing it, like, I'm like, where's the British accents sort of deal as I'm watching this show? <laughs> um, Did I hear But no, Playtest, yeah, Playtest, it's actually, like, it seems like it's the, like, like Black Mirror also has this ability where it seems like you're in the future, like you're in, like, like the, like, 10, 20 years into the future with, with some of this technology. This seemed like we were like maybe five years into the future like they, you didn't have the augmented eye things like you that you've had with other episodes um like but it was all like 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 the cutting edge like the starting of virtual reality like good virtual reality Matrix. Um, augmented reality programming and the story was really good it's a really suspenseful story and I'm not. I'm not going to spoil the twist at the end, but um, mainly because that I feel like that does a big disservice to people. So I will save people that spoiler. But you follow around this guy who's, um, he he. I think he just got off a serious relationship. Um, he's living with his his mom and I think their dad too. And he just decides, you know, I'm going to go travel around the world. And so he's doing this. You you have this montage of him going to all the different touristy places. Like I think he went to Australia and then up to, to Japan and, you know, th uh, Thailand. And then eventually he makes it over to England and he's, um, he gets on this, he has this app for if he needs to uh, make a few, like, like he's run a little low on funds. Um, he has this app that he uses to where he can do like a couple of uh, jobs in the country sort of deal. And he gets that, and there's this ad, there's this ad for a video game tester. So he goes there and starts doing the tests, and he apparently does really well during the test. Um, he's at the same time he's met a girl that he really likes. She's a a, a video game journalist, so she has a whole bunch of different, all these video games, and she pushes him in there to more spy for her and gets you know get something um so she can get like get an exclusive on what they're building because it's like this big super secret project that could change the world and all that and he goes through and he's doing this this stuff and it gets suspenseful i'm sitting there going holy crap man this is podcast a terror level stuff here like it instantly is eligible for that um, which also makes me want to change my thing to the Black Mirror White Christmas episode to cover for <laughs> for podcasts of terror next, like in two weeks. But, oh, wrong with John Ham. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this, even besides the fact that Dan that Dan Trachtenberg directed it. I mean, the story was amazing. The the execution was amazing. The actors were great. I mean, I don't 
there there wasn't a weak spot with this at all. Like throughout the whole throughout the whole episode, throughout the first two episodes, even the other one um, before it um, was a good was a good episode. I can't think of the, the title, but it's uh, all about the essentially all about the Facebook like button. You know how everyone gets uh, like obsessed with the likes and all the positive feedback. Well, it takes that to the extreme of you have like you have the you have a ranking and if you are under a certain ranking you get these shit products but if you're you know like like a like four point i think what 4.5 was the cut magic cutoff if you're 4.5 or higher then you're the upper class you're the one percent congratulations you you made it type of people and just how that unwinds and it just it's so weird it's so cool it's so weird at the same time. Um, Starting for the show, they take a very, very simple premise, not, no, nothing fancy, not, uh, nothing outlandish, and boil it down to the very essence and the impact, the punch it delivers. Mm-hmm. And you just feel it's going up to your groin and up to your chest and feel an excited because you know each show each episode delivers you something that you can recognize out of your own life to a smaller or to a bigger degree. And damn it, yes, the first one was impressive the, how, how they, they used the technology to make it uh, good looking, but the story is told in five minutes or less like you did just with the second episode. And it did Deliberately t- took good elements from all the movies, like Ex Machina with the uh, crazy uh, programmer that they might some somebody to try out uh, some stuff, or you get some Matrix moments. I don't. I'm not going to spoil anything. Just saying, which world is involved and going further. And we all are, uh, at least I can speak for myself, uh, interested in virtual reality. What's coming with the wife, with the colors and everything like that. I didn't get to play um, yet. But then you see something like that, and I think uh, follow it through. And you think, okay, that message r- rang true to me, that you can lose yourself, but that's hard now to go further without spoiling it. But saying where something ends, where uh, something starts, uh, gets lines get blurry, you're going to have many ethical things that we have to reconsider. And that show just with very little effort makes us think about such big, deep love for that. And they can yeah. up, up to the last show. I can say all the six episodes that are out this season are worth it. No, yeah, the uh, first the first one that I was mentioning is called Nosedive, and it was actually directed by Joe Wright, who's a, a, a well-accomplished director in his own right. So, um, And then it was written, all the episodes were written by Charlie Brooker, who is the creator of Black Mirror. And then the teleplay was done by Rashida Jones and Mike Schur for Nosedive. So, I mean, there, it's really cool. Um, I would definitely check out the Wikipedia page just to find other people because, I mean, um, Bryce Dallas Howard. I didn't realize it was Bryce Dallas Howard that was starring in this. That was start. That was the star of this episode. I'm like, wait, what? She was just in Jurassic World. She's doing a whole bunch of different things. Holy crap! She transformed herself into this character, and it was awesome. Um, but the same thing with uh, playtests. 
as well. And then episode six, you get Benedict Wong in there. And there's, you know, a whole bunch of different character or different people in there that you will recognize. But I highly recommend it. I recommended it before Black Mirror, but even with this uh, third season, um, it is just really good. Um, so, Beat, you got a different, you got a nerding out or? Oh, just saying, uh, I'll leave that for the next show because I, I was watching as you did with the Black Mirror, so it's our nerding out today. Yeah, yeah. And I just need to get caught up because, I mean, seeing some of the people who are involved in the further in the future episodes, I'm like, oh, it's so I so need to catch up. Um, it's, it's not as depressive as the first two seasons. So no, yeah, because the other thing I will say this as a sort of let's change the title a little bit here too. The other thing I've been watching, that I've been rewatching, is the newsroom, and realizing. Oh my fucking god! We need the newsroom back. We so need the newsroom back for what's going on right now. <laughs> because it's like realizing I didn't realize throughout the first season, Neil kept trying to pitch this uh, Bigfoot story. Like I forgot all about that. Um. Yeah, you remember that beat? You remember that? It's <laughs> there are only two seasons, so there's not that much to remember. And then you're right, Mister Chimakawoi character. They brought him back for some moments. The uh, actor uh, name escapes me right now, but uh, they brought him back to comment on Trump's uh, election and other things. And yeah, he was on point. Oh wait, where was this at? It was some months ago. I couldn't tell you right now, but uh, I could. Oh, uh, I gotta find that and to put it in the show notes. If yeah, the the Will McAvoy. That, that that's mainly why it's like I see all these things and I'm like, okay, I remember this because this was like the hot at the time stuff and but it was like two years after it happened so we had the the benefit of looking back at it and then going all right this is how we're going to change things and then season three happened and i'm like holy shit and um, how they a, a year before snowden happened alluded to that the show was so uh, so much uh, they, they had the right angle to the whole news delivery system yeah. and just destroyed it and we live now in that time and we see what happens because of that yeah but and, and you can find the newsroom on amazon prime um and black mirrors of course on netflix so that is it for nerding out does the sound of the tardis get you all excited are you a fan of the longest-running science fiction show? Then for all your news and gossip, check out Who Knew and Review. We're a podcast by Galactic Netcasts. You can find us at gncasts.com slash TARDIS. Each week, we will run through a collection of stories from around the Hooniverse itself at gncasts.com dot com slash TARDIS Alright, we are back and it is time for our discussion point. This is our main topic of the show where we usually talk the most about, but hey, let's not let's be honest here, we talk a lot, so um and I picked the show because this is a really cool, just really cool concept for me. I mean like uh, Rami Malek will be, is set to play Freddie Mercury in a Queen biopic, 
um, the Mr. Robot star Rami Malek is attached to play Freddie Mercury in the long in development uh, biopic Bohemian Rhapsody from G- uh, GK Films with Brian Singer in talks to direct. I. It also says that New Regency and Fox are coming aboard to co produce the film with Graham King producing as well. And I'm sort of wanting to see how Rami Malik like just immerses himself in the character of Freddie Mercury because I mean, and I'm, I mean the character, I don't mean like the person, but the, the character that is Freddie Mercury, because this dude, I mean, I got in, I got into queen a little bit when I was a kid, but it was more like, okay, you know, like, you know, the classic songs, um, or the ones that always got the most play, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, uh, another one rides the bus, or not, 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 not rides, sorry, that's the weird L parody. Another one bites the dust. Yes, yes. Um, oh, what's the other one? Uh, there's one that I'm forgetting that's really popular, oh, but yeah, th- and it's just like, you know, these great things, and you, then you find out later you learn more about the characters and you get into the uh the soundography of if you will to uh, plug another podcast that i've been getting into and i could see this being incredible an incredible film and robbie malik is one of those people that he does he does immerse himself as an actor into his roles i mean i've only really seen him be the uh playing Elliot on Mr. Robot but even like like cuz I think the only one thing I've seen him in was uh Night at the Museum where he played uh King Tut in Night at the Museum and but I mean it's like this is so far seeming seeming like it's going to have everything right with it I mean you got the writer of the theory of everything um Anthony McCartan uh penning the scripts and I hate to say it, but I think Rami Malek's a better choice at Freddie Mercury than uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Because, I mean, I think you could put Sasha Baron Cohen in a mustache and you're going to be like, it's a Borat. That's, That's honestly what I... His problem. That's exactly that what his career is uh, falling under now, that he doesn't... Yeah, the credit he has because he ha- can play, he can act very well. Session Baron has also the physical appearance of Freddie Mercury, a very, very similar structure of his face. And what I worry more because the old show, uh, the previous version had the same discussion going on with the uh, other band members that they wanted to censor the material, putting things out that are part, integral part of yeah. Freddie Mercury's life because it's easy to show the grandeur and all their concerts but there was more behind them that person he was a South African and he saw the world through very different uh, eyes and also his sexuality was a thing that was always in, in conflict with the times with the zeitgeist and there's much to discover and when we only see the superficial stuff that is his fame and his uh, impact on the 
person's lives with his music okay but there's more to that and it doesn't do him justice when you whitewash that stuff uh, whitewash on the show when you uh, censor that stuff yeah no yeah definitely and i mean this is again where i think that you know if if, if things do go the way that they are going to go um and they do get brian singer to direct the movie I could very well see this being a good film. I mean, because, and and hopefully it isn't a, a watered down censored version of, of what queen is, but you know, who, who was queen? Who was Freddie Mercury? Who was this band that just that dominated when they were, when they were around, when they were really popular, really big. And even now, I mean, to this day, I mean, there's, I, I mean, I don't think you can mention the band Queen and and not have a person go, wait, who, who, who's that? Like, I, I don't think that's possible because they, even if they did, they would know a Queen song. At least, would they have any contact with sports or other arena stuff that you mm-hmm. get, we are the champions or we look at other classics? It's hard for biopics because I saw some lately from Jimi Hendrix, the Andrew 3000 uh, movie, and they had issues mm-hmm. with the licensing, so they couldn't pick the jewels of Jimi Hendrix music. And you had this life, but the impact wasn't as great with the songs that were pr- provided. And so you're right, when you have Queen, you think of this and this track with this and this emotion behind it. but. We'll have to see. I didn't see it in the story itself that they got a clearing of all the stuff that there's that is out there. But as they need the other band members to comply, I assume we get some more tracks and the get the movie for, for, about James Brown's life um, get on up where they showed him also in his worst times, like also the John Cash movie with. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, um, Walk the Line. Walk the Line. The movie won't have much impact on your life, or when you view it, when you, it's all Candyland, and you don't have yeah. the, the dynamic of of a life that is worth living. And yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because they picked a good actor, mm-hmm. but I don't see the project yet being on the right track. It's got right now. It's got, um, solid solid actor and then a solid writer, with uh, because the, the theory of everything was a good movie. It was a, was a really good movie. Um, I f- I felt like it captured, um, captured the what Stephen Hawking could have very well much could have been going through. As he realizes he's got, um, as he's got Lou Gehrig's disease and how it's, um, just going, how it's he's going down the road to where he's, he is now, where he's you know in his wheelchair, still a great mind, but can't move, can't talk, can't do a lot of things that we we consider normal, but yet he's a great mind and all that. 
then I can, you can embellish much stuff because his nurse and his relationship to her, that was just a split moment in the movie and in his life. Yeah. It was a bit of girl impact and same with the imitation game that even just change the fact that made him look bad because like he could have been pressured by his sexual ten, uh, sexuality that they could put the screws on him and that wasn't the case he wasn't nowhere close to mm-hmm. the being in such a situation and we have to be careful that we don't make deities out of humans because deities are pretty boring as you see with Superman versus Batman. You need some, <laughs> some Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne that is relatable and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, that is going to wrap it up here for us. And, you know, just like you, Galactic Network has bills that needs to get paid. Um, when we're, you know, where you guys usually have rent or utilities or the cable bill or Netflix um, every month, we have website and audio hosting. Um, so if we got two ways you can support us. Um, both can be found over at patreon.com slash support. And on that page, you will find links to our, our Patreon campaign um, where you can make a recurring monthly goal or pledge of at least $1. But we have different prizes um, and perks at the $1, $2, or $1, $3, and $5 level. Um, look at us. We're right up there at the top there in the logos. Um or, you know, because it's super simple. I mean, because all, and all this is, we're not looking to make money. We're just looking to keep the lights on, folks. Um, and oh, look, isn't that so beautiful? Else nerds. <laughs> but the other way, and it's even easier. Um, and actually, I could have said this yesterday, but, um, you know, Amazon has their sales that they have all the time. They have the, you know, like the, their deals. And so you, you go there. You go to get stuff on Amazon. Well, why not go and buy and buy stuff through our link? You get you you go here as you can see on this page right here, you go here, you find whatever you are wanting. You can you can add more stuff in there um than what's on that screen. And then you add it to your cart and it goes to like a like 3% of that money that you would be going all to to Amazon or all to the to the people who make who made the product you're buying, three percent of that goes to us, and it helps us out. That's and that's freaking awesome. And um, you can also contact us, and I encourage you guys to contact us. Uh, one by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966, or you can email us mail at elsnerds.com. And all subscription links can be found under gncast.com/slash subscribe. And you can find our Facebook page under Galactic Networks, or it's at uh, facebook.com slash Galactic Netcasts. Uh, you could follow the, the show and the network on Twitter at Nerds and at Galactic Netcasts. Excuse me. And you can follow our producers. Uh, Beatmaster is at Beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. Uh, Corey is at Don't Ask Comics. And I myself am at That Gregor. And all that being said, tune in next week where we have Christy Cates joining us, scheduling permitting, you know, some emergency thing coming or permitting. Uh, but the only thing that's left to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week with Christy Cates. Or else. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNcast.com. 
That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.